Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am AJ. And Frank is here, too. How are you doing, everybody? Hey, guys. So it's been a while since we uh, had our discussion about Black Panther, which was a huge you know, pop culture phenomenon in the States. It made so much money. Uh, I have been traveling on the road like a crazy person for about the past month, and I just felt like we need to get back and discuss a whole bunch of stuff that happened that wasn't necessarily a movie or TV show that we watched. Yeah, a lot, lot of things going on in the world, um, a lot of good things, and yeah, I mean, ultimately, we just we miss breaking down and talking about whatever we 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 see fit, and uh, you know, don't necessarily feel like we need to have a movie come out for us to have a podcast. <laughs> I agree. So, all right. So today, like, I think, um, Frank, I know you want to start out or, or talk about uh, Star Wars Rebels. So I haven't seen Rebels. I know there are a lot of other people who haven't seen it yet. Um, but, like, as without spoilery as you can, like, can you explain to us, like, how you feel about the end of the series, man? Oh, my God. I cried like a baby. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um I, I think we've talked about Star Wars Rebels on the show before. Um, I'm a big fan of it. it. It definitely took a little bit of uh, warming up for me um, after, you know, watching The Clone Wars, which, again, another great series. If you haven't watched, it's all on Netflix. It's quick, short episodes, um, very much like news newsreel from, like, The War, The Clone Wars, which is really cool. Um, and I love that series as well, like, painted a really great light on some of the prequel trilogy characters that you know didn't get the respect that they deserve probably because of the movies um but the the great thing is that rebels um picked up a lot of those storylines because clone wars was canceled uh when uh disney bought uh or disney was bought out and so um some of the storylines there but like the the main core cast of the rebel show was introduced um and it it you know the main focus on it was you know a, a jedi padawan and um you know his master kind of thing you know always that's how star wars is there are always two um so i it, they they wrapped it up beautifully they um t- tied up so many loose ends um for both series um they teased for the future they they really craftfully explained the absence of, lo- of a lot of characters in the original trilogy um, without it being wholly depressing, like Rogue One, where everyone is just, you know, killed off. Obviously, spoilers for Rogue One, but we've talked about it before. Um, so they did it in, in a way that felt very organic and natural for the show, especially because it's a, a kid's show. And, and they, they did it, um, I, again, I don't want to spoil things, but um, leaving the door open for future animated shows um, and... I think the theory that a lot of people are kind of going along with is that there'll hopefully be another show set post Return of the Jedi um, to pick up some of the plot lines from the original trilogy movies, some of the questions that we had that haven't been answered in the uh, sequel trilogy, and then some of the things that were left off in in Rebels. Um, yeah, I like I said, cried like the past. I, I think it was three weeks in a row. Like it came back, and there were two episodes a night, um, uh, like every week. So there were six episodes or something like that. And it was just each week got better and better. And then the, the finale was just 
it was just really well done. Um, you know, they kind of they were able to end on their own terms, which is great. Um, you know, not getting canceled. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to uh, the next project that the Lucasfilm um, TV studios put on. And obviously, there's so much more coming. Like we we talked about. Uh, uh, actually, no, we did not talk about um, John Favreau getting a Star Wars TV show, but there are other projects coming up. Oh um, my god! And uh, there, you know, there's the Disney subscription service that there's teasing that they're probably going to have many Star Wars shows on there in addition to Marvel shows. Um, so whether the next Star Wars project happens on that platform or if they continue to air it on on cable, um, it, it doesn't matter because I'm going to watch it because. After two really successful shows, I, I just am hooked. And you know, for an almost thirty-something-year-old to be watching an animated cartoon, I mean, it's still Star Wars, and and that's the thing that I think a lot of people forget. It's like Star Wars is for everybody, and you know, the things that we love from the movies, um, you know, they can they can come into play in the in the animated series, comic books, and stuff like that. I just, it's great. So highly recommend it. Um, I, I don't think it's available for stream otherwise, like buying it on Amazon or something like that. But I may buy the Blu-rays, and if you want, you can borrow it. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, okay, so like, so this show really takes place right between Episode 3 and A New Hope? It's It takes place, uh, the first season starts five years before A New Hope. So basically, four okay. seasons of the show, the show ends pretty much... Pretty close to, to Rogue One. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So that's crazy. Um, so the next the the talk for the next show is a pre- is a sequel prequel series. So yeah. we're going before the sequel trilogy after Return of the Jedi. That's that's the word on the street. Um, especially the way that they ended this show. Um, they there's a, a really good argument for that for them to be able to do that. I mean. I think it would be awesome for them to do something like uh, Luke Skywalker's Jedi Academy, and have... they're never, they're not gonna, they're not going to do that. But I I think that what will be really cool. I mean, why don't they do between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back? There's so much has to happen. Well, I mean, that's that's a lot of what the comic books are doing right now. That's where they're focusing okay. their attention, and there are a lot of really great stories because it's it's the time when Luke is training to become a Jedi, and before he really gets his training from Yoda, so he's kind of off on his own. And a lot of those comics are great. Um, it, it would be awesome if they they set some events in... I mean, or, or they could do something like an anthology series where they say, okay, it's going to be an animated series, but this season we're going to focus on, you know, in between Empire uh, and A New Hope, and then after Return of the Jedi, and then maybe a couple years before Force Awakens. I think that would be fun because... You know, I guess the only problem there is you have an inconsistency with your voice cast and stuff like that. But I don't know. Eh, you know, I'm down. Like, I do really want to watch this show. Like, I did love watching the Clone Wars and kind of binging it after the fact when I had the DVDs. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, very enjoyable to me. Um, so I'm down to check out Rebels kind of in the same way. That was kind of always my plan. And, you know, I do hope that they continue on uh, to transition and segue very nicely into the Disney streaming service. Um, I am my interest is very piqued about this because I think I did something that I'm going to join for like the last few years and then maybe they'll 
like they'll just kind of get away with it. I joined the Disney Movie Club, um, which is actually pretty cool. I recommend this. So what it is is you join up with Disney. It for five bucks you get five Disney movies, any movies you could get. So I got like some MCU movies I didn't have, and uh, Mary Poppins and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. But at the same time, uh, you get all of those movies on the streaming service as well. Oh, interesting. So wait, when you're paying, is it like a, a monthly service or is it um, no, just a flat? No. So, so you get like a discount on all of the Blu-rays that are available from Disney at any given time. And Disney has always been kind of smart with their home video releases because they know that they can make a lot of money by saying that, you know, we're going to put this movie out there before we put it away because they really do put it away. Yeah. So uh, it is cool that you can get into like some movies that you wouldn't think you could get um, and some are cheaper than you would imagine. Um, But what is really cool that I'm seeing that I don't know if it's going to carry over is that there's a new uh, web platform called Movies Unlimited. And this kind of takes all of the movies you've purchased across different platforms like, uh, you know, Apple or Amazon and this Disney movie streaming service. And it aggregates them into like a platform that you can watch on different apps, you know, anywhere, anywhere you are. So it doesn't really work on planes. It's the same thing like a Netflix, but uh, it is really it's pretty cool. So I'm curious to see how they're going to deal with all the people who have invested the money and time into building their own personal digital libraries when they announce, you know, everyone has the same library for free. Now, granted, I think the difference really is, is, and this is why I'm excited in a few weeks or in a few months when that comes out, like the special edition of Last Jedi on Blu-ray will have tons of shit that you can't get when you, you know, stream it illegally or when you're going to be streaming it on these services. Like I really wish Netflix had a bonus features or like a, how it was made kind of feature on yeah. their, on their streaming service as it is. Cause I do like those features. So yeah. anyway, I'm going to try to get the rest of the MCU before Avengers infinity war. Cause I would <laughs> like to rank them um, because I think there are some kind of duds in the mix <laughs> <laughs> and there are also some movies that get maligned that are actually not bad. Yeah. Like, I just rewatched Iron Man 2. That's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. I don't know why everyone hates it. That, that's actually funny that you bring it up because I have I actually do own um, everything through Spider-Man Homecoming. That's and pretty I was good. Like, and I was going to go pick up Thor Ragnarok, uh, but it was backordered on Amazon. But So I, I actually did restart my MCU marathon, and I'm up through iron man three so well, you're way with, ahead of me don't don't phase one <laughs> whatever you don't have dude you should join this disney movie club you get five mcu movies for five bucks it's, i mean it's that's great. that's awesome that's it's that's, a great it's yeah. a pretty it's a pretty good deal okay so in that same world of disney streaming services i do want to talk about john favreau a bit yeah uh okay first of all this guy is going out and like doing something that like not everybody really can do. Like you look at the breadth of this guy's career, like round, like rounders, you have, you know, all the movies in the nineties he made appearances in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed the first two Iron Man movies. We were just talking about elf elf jungle book, like 
all these, like he's doing the new Lion King. Like this guy has a lot of in his plate. I think he's kind of going after being a new Walt Disney. Like he's really doing a really big breadth of material mm-hmm. that is, is really diverse. And like, it's cool that he's doing these kid projects as well as indie films like chef, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I cannot be more excited that they picked John Favreau to do a TV show about star Wars <laughs> and that it would be the first live action TV show from John Favreau. I have three reasons. Yeah. First reason, um, John Favreau curses and like likes to be like in the dark side of the world. Like you can see that in Iron Man, you can see that in Rounders, you can see that in you know all all of his other movies. Uh, so I'm excited to see like a dark underbelly of Star Wars that he definitely can bring to the table if he does that. Number two, I like that you know they're going with these kind of showrunner ideas that you want to have a DB Weiss and a Dan Benioff to do that, to do, you know, the next Star Wars trilogy. You want Ryan Johnson, who has a lot of TV experience, to do his new trilogy. You bring in Favreau, who's kind of the Disney, uh, Disney, you know, uh, Maverick of, at this yeah. time. Yeah, totally. Like, golden boy. He, he's their golden boy. Like, you bring him in, you say, you know what? Instead of having to, you know, uh, you know, you know, direct and sit or, you know, be in all these TV shows, if he's even in them, that would be crazy. But uh, it would be really. It, I think show running for him for this could be really good. I think he could take it in a in a direction that we've never seen before. Yeah, and I think you know the the thing about having it on a streaming service means that they're not um, tied into the network TV distribution rules, and they don't have to aim for twenty two episodes. Like they can have a succinct ten episode season, like Game of Thrones, and you know he can executive produce everything and and be fully invested and not like check out and not, you know, only oh, write totally. some of the episodes. He could be fully involved. And like, it's really interesting because this is a movie director that, you know, he's dabbled in TV, but like that he's mainly done feature films at, at least in recent well, years. Well, that's because Star Wars is cinematic. Like yeah. it, it, you can't take Star Wars out of the, exper- out of the experience of being a cinematic experience. Like, that's going to be what I think is to your point earlier about like rebels and the other cartoons is like, they're, they're very not cinematic. So they are different and that does take some time getting used to. Right. But the story of star Wars holds true through that experience. So I think if you're going to do star Wars on a live action TV show and they've tried to do this before and it's never really worked out. Um, I, I think this is the guy you want. Yeah. Yeah. And you have something that's serialized. You're going to have, every episode tying into the next one. And um, whereas, uh, you know, the, the animated shows have gone back and forth between some episodic episodes and serialized. I mean, overall, for the most part, they have big story arcs and they greatly affect the canon. Um, But, you know, in the Clone Wars, especially it's like, Oh, you know, here's just another war, you know, another three episode, you know, battle that they had uh, in the middle of the Clone Wars. So like, I think that um, now I, I didn't necessarily watch um, all of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery. I only got through the first three or so, but like that's like you know Star Trek's first move into uh, serialized TV for the most part because a lot of the the original series were very episodic, and so like I think they can take a look at what Star Trek is doing and and you know bring what what the movies are already doing obviously you know every, i didn't ep- like star trek discovery though star trek discovery is a bad example <laughs> <laughs> like, well well what i'm saying is like there there are people that love it and, yeah i know and, i know there are people who really like it there are people I hate like, it 
<laughs> I hate it. How far did you get? I made it through the first two episodes. Okay. And I heard I, it gets way better after that because I, I'm, I think I made it through three and it was, it's purely because, and this is another big topic that we could talk about, like CBS subscription service, Disney subscription service. Now, like I am fully expecting that I'm going to buy in on this, the Disney one day one because, oh, of course, because We're it's going to have there. Marvel and Star Wars and like, you know, CBS, you know what, Star though? Trek. <laughs> right. So like. But also to that point earlier, like, is it going to be all the Marvel movies? Like, are you going to be able to go through and blast through all the movies, you know, before the next one? Or like if before like the next, excuse me, before like Doctor Strange 2 comes out, can you watch Doctor Strange 1 on the Disney service or is it going to be on Netflix? Like, when does that deal expire? Uh, You know, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit more like Amazon Prime in that like, oh, you subscribe to this and there are certain movies and certain shows that you can get. With included in your subscription, but if you want to watch this one, you have to pay the the actual premium price. So it's like it'll be there, but you have to be like, well, I guess I'll buy it for this, you know, rental period. So like, so like the three most recent, yeah, like, before any new release, yeah, right. Similar okay, to how yeah, they're on Netflix right now, because I think they they're still going to have syndication deals. They're still going to have some of these movies on TV and stuff like that. And so and the, probably the contracts for all those Disney. Marvel, excuse me, Netflix Defender shows are probably through the wazoo. Like, how did how are they going to negotiate that? I don't know if they ever will come over because, like, Netflix is a full partner in those things. I, I can't imagine that they are ever going. Like, has it has a Netflix original ever left Netflix? I don't think so. Now, granted, we're only talking maybe the past four years, five years. How many seasons has House of Cards been? Six. Like that was like their first thing. So it's it's crazy though because the investment that they're building in with all these fans on a streaming service, it's almost it's almost like could you go back in time and say Disney, don't put these shows on Netflix. You have to start a streaming service now. Yeah. Even if it sucks. Yeah. Even if it sucks, you have to do it now so that you can keep the fans through the long term. Be other other because that's going to be a problem. I can definitely see that. Well, um, the other piece to it is that if the Fox, uh, Fox Disney deal goes through, obviously that includes uh, another whole library of, of films and, uh, and TV shows. Uh, but the Fox owns a huge stake in Hulu, and so does Disney. In that, I think I read that it would make Disney the majority holder in Hulu, and then it's like, do they? like rebrand Hulu to be the Disney's service or is it like a whole separate thing? Are they going to take that model of Hulu and have ads on the Disney service? Like, I hope that, I hope that Disney doesn't get Seinfeld sign. I hope that Seinfeld stops that. I really do. I don't want them to have that. I want them to have that someplace else. I don't want them to edit it in perpetuity and change it around because I know that they'll do that. Well, I remember the deal for Seinfeld goes through like 2021 or something like that on Hulu. So I would imagine that once that's done, It'll go somewhere else. It totally will. I t- it totally will. Yeah. It totally will. All right. Um, but you did touch on to something that we did want to leapfrog to, which were the X Men movies, which are now dealing with delays. They pushed these back. Tell me what happened. Um. So actually, I think it was yesterday. So uh, today we're recording. Uh, first day of baseball season, March 29th. Um, so and the Yankees just won. Which is awesome. We'll get to Yankees in a, in a little bit, but um, so yesterday, the twenty eighth, I believe. Um, uh, so New Mutants actually was pushed back already. It was supposed to come out next month in April, and it was pushed back to next year. And then they pushed it again 
I think, to August 2019. And Dark Phoenix, which was slated for November of 2018, is now in February or March of 2019. Um, it It's curious. I, I mean, I think the, the first thing with New Mutants that came out a while ago was that they were going through a lot of reshoots and they were actually like changing a lot of the film and adding a new character and all this stuff. So it's like, it's going to be a different movie and apparently Fox wants it to be more standalone in the ways that Logan and and Deadpool have had success, which is a good thing. I I think that, you know, looking at it that way, instead of it just being another spinoff, um, dark Phoenix. I mean, I think (sighs) it's just because like, if it's only a couple of months push, I'm not as worried, but especially since we've seen a lot of, of it already, they're, I don't have, there hasn't been a trailer, but they've had plenty of um, set photos and stuff in, in like Entertainment Weekly. All right, so I'm gonna p- play uh, total wishing well craziness mm-hmm. right here, mm-hmm. and and you can and you can hate on me, and if there are fans out there who hate on me, thank you for being a fan and listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, uh, this is this, this is Marvel. This is Feige. This is this is some machinations behind the scenes that are saying, listen. We're about to do this big deal. All these characters want to come home. Let's bring them home. And I think that, you know, it. New Mutants was not, you know, the entire production was mired with problems. They didn't know what rating it was going to be for a long time. They didn't know, you know, you know, when it was going to come out for a long time. They kept playing around with that. I, I, I call me a conspiracy theorist. Call me a crazy man. Um, <laughs> I believe that shout out to Danny because I know he would laugh at that joke. <laughs> uh, would um, I, I think they're holding on this? I think that they have Dark Phoenix going to space for a reason, mm-hmm. and I think that they'll keep that there because the pictures have already come out, and that people genuine genuinely like the new young characters that they brought in in Apocalypse. I think people like uh, uh, what's her face. Um, uh, Little Stark, um, what's her name? Oh, um, uh, the new Jean oh. Grey, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner, she's so good. Yeah. Um, I I like the new Cyclops guy. Yep. I like uh, um, Nightcrawler was pretty good, and um, and, and, and uh, what I think this does for you is that you know it sets them up that they can actually bring the the man back. They want them. If you're gonna have Infinity War, you gotta have the man. And he's the guy, and I and I think that they know that he wants to do it, and uh-huh. I think he would do it, and I think that there's been enough talk about it as it is, that I think that we can we have to start putting the pieces together and say that it's possible Wolverine shows up in Avengers four. I mean that would be awesome. I just I think the problem is both of these films have already gone through principal photography at least at least Dark Phoenix has. Um, New Mutants may be going through reshoots, but how much of these can they... Like, already the the problem that I see is that the X-Men continuity is so wonky. Like, how are they going to retcon that into the the MCU? Obviously, they have a really great excuse with Infinity War coming up. But, like, that movie has been... was The script was written a long time ago. Like, how are they going to write them in? I I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if they... I don't know how they do it. But I think that they're first of all, I think they're good enough that they could have done it already and we wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a chance that that, uh, you know, 
there's multiple accounts that say Hugh Jackman has met with some of the Avengers and that they all know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And that we know that Avengers 4 is going to be, you know, kind of timeline shifting and shaking around because of the set photos that have come out. Yeah. And I think it takes them a long time to do the kind of post-credit scene amount of footage you need to tie this all in. Because I think the more time you spend trying to tie them together, the less good it feels. I think if you just have it be like as the, you know, the X-Jet is flying in space wherever they're going with, you know, all the characters on board, that there's like a black hole and suddenly they're, you know, back on Earth and time has shifted. And then you could just have like the X-Men will return. People would shit their fucking pants. Like you <laughs> really don't have to do too much. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, something that we're misunderestimating, you know, to quote George Bush, that Kevin Feige <laughs> is a sneaky, smart motherfucker who has been involved with these movies since the original 1999 X-Men. Yeah, that's true. It, like just because that they they made the movie doesn't mean that they haven't been like drawing the lines ahead. And, you know, when they started drawing the lines ahead of, like, how these movies are going to connect with the hopes that maybe they would, then they were also talking the deal. And then, you know, the deal was probably talked about long before we ever heard about it. So, so all right. All right. We're here for a minute. We're not going to stay here because we will have probably a good lead up to Infinity War discussion at some point. Who which do you is think like a, a, a month, away, less than a month away now. I won't be able to go to sleep tonight if you say it loud enough. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, listen, um, who is Peter Dinklage playing in Infinity War? Uh, do we have any idea? Does anybody have any idea? Is he going to be a voice of just somebody like Ebony Maw? Is he going to be Silver Surfer? Uh, Pip the Troll, I heard a long time ago. Uh, Pip the Troll? Yeah, I don't know. He's okay with that? I don't know. I Probably he not. Definitely- I mean... Can't be okay with that. He no, he would hate that. I mean, probably, but he he also plays uh, Tyrion mm-hmm. Lannister. So, like, who in the the original uh, books is a little person dwarf in that series? So, like, I don't know. I mean, I I I agree. I think it's kind of on the nose, but I would I think it would be kind of cool for him to be the voice of somebody. Just be a, a recognizable voice. Um, why can't Why can't he be the voice of Silver Surfer? It would be so cool. I, I and I know I heard about that that uh, the IMDb page leak with Silver Surfer again. I don't know if if that's happening in this film. I but think- Silver Surfer's so cool, man. <laughs> like, like that would. Oh, come on. I Silver Surfer's got to come out. I so this is. There's got to be somebody CGI that they can throw in there. There's got to be. I mean, I'm telling you, there's going to be one. I'm not going to be disappointed if there isn't. I mean, crazier things have happened. Like, the, even before the, the Fox Marvel deal, they did trade characters, right? Like, there was the whole Ego, uh, Scrolls, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead swap and Huge. something like, like So that happened. So, like, I, you know, Silver Surfer, where they haven't had him since the rise of the Silver Surfer movie, like, over 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe maybe they made the deal and with the hopes that, you know, it's going to tie into uh, Fantastic Four coming in pretty soon. Um, that would be cool. I'm down. Um, OK, it would so be a great we'll get, addition. Obviously, we'll he's the speculation. Yeah, he's in the movie. He's on the poster, which is more than 
people can say for Jeremy Renner. <laughs> uh, so he's not in the movie. He's in the movie. Okay. They, they have said he's in the movie. Why he's not on the poster at all, I don't understand. But he isn't. He's a first draft pick Avenger. Like that's bullshit. He's he's Generation One. I, I don't uh, know. Poor guy. He's yeah. It's yeah, that's that's bullshit. Um, maybe they're setting up West Coast Adventures with Ant Man. That'd be fine. Um, <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's move from one topic to another one, and we can kind of sit here and ride it out until we want to talk about something else. Uh, all right, so today, opening day, baseball season. Yes. Um, it. Oh, my God, does it feel good? Uh, we are officially, we got it in the mail. We are Yankees season ticket holders. That's what it says in the fucking package. That's what I'm going to fucking say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, congratulations, Frank, on a lifetime goal that we have achieved. <laughs> uh, we have unofficially made it. If anybody would like to catch us, <laughs> they could find us at the Yankee game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, 2018, the season that we've all kind of been looking forward to. You know, I think, you know, last year, 2017, was very exciting at a lot of points. The, you know, playoff chase was really fun. But ultimately, there's some big changes this year. And boy, did they show up today. Yeah, well, and, you know, and that's the thing. It's like last year ended up being it was one of those seasons where the team is great but you know they're not going to make it that far and then they they really changed our minds over the course of the last couple of months and it's like wow they can really do it and it ultimately is a little bit heartbreaking when when they were out but but you know over the off season so much has changed with the team we've got some even younger blood we have a new manager Aaron fucking Boone yeah prodigal son returns um and Giancarlo Stanton, who hit yeah. two home runs today, <laughs> starting it off big, um, and some uh, basically an entirely new infield. Yeah, which is good and bad. Um, obviously, we lost lost uh, Greg Bird the other day to uh, ankle inflammation, foot inflammation, and getting surgery. We traded away. Um, Starlin Castro and Chase Headley in the off season. So we have Didi, who's a very solid rock. Love, D- love Didi. Love Didi. Um, Didi otherwise, Donners. Otherwise, new blood there. And um, so, you know, we're looking to, you know, our outfield and, which I'll, and you know, the, the pitching staff, which, where, where there's a lot more consistency. And um, even some of those players, though, are pretty young. So, like, we've got a pretty young team. It's crazy. Uh, okay, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton, two-run home run, his first as bat at a Yankee. Unbelievable. 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 Like, going back to Matsui in the Grand Slam in the snow, like, okay, that's at Yankee Stadium, but this is the first day of baseball, and <laughs> and as much as I kind of – understand other fans of other baseball teams and that they love their teams, you know, they just have their little way and they have their little year and then they go home and, you know, sometimes they maybe make the playoffs and the whole time they hate the Yankees and they hate the Yankees for everything, everything, everything. And I love that the first day one for all of baseball, the big story is check out this motherfucker. Like he, (laughs) he ripped one, both of those balls, super hard, super far. Yeah. Uh, what an amazing time to be a Yankee fan. I can't wait. But then what really is amazing to me 
is that it's Judge Stanton Sanchez and like how any pitcher, you know, maintains their pantle fortitude. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like th- that to me is just like that's nuts. That's very intimidating. It's 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 a tough lineup and you know, it's going to be really exciting to watch throughout the year. It, it's it's still a little surprising to me like with with Stanton, you know, going to be the primary DH like you know, I think what since a rod we haven't really had a, a permanent dh we, it's usually used as a like rotating kind of get your they rest didn't, kind they of didn't thing. have one last year no yeah. they had one kind of because it was a lot of the young guys and they didn't really have an older player to do that which is interesting though because like he he's still a decent outfielder right i thought i think so you know i i don't know what they i don't know what they're gonna do if they're just gonna keep him in the dh spot like i think we're gonna see like as the year goes i think it's working for right now um uh okay what do you think about aaron boone in the dugout did you get to see him or did you just get to listen today um i mostly just got to listen i I caught like the last two innings um gotta tell you i like his i you know uh, i hate to sound like fucking trump here and judge people by the way they look on tv but like (laughs) but like ultimately like this guy looks good on tv like He's he's up in the dugout. He's uh, composed. Mm-hmm. He kind of reserves his face a little bit, kind of like Tory did. But in the way that, like, I think Joe Girardi can kind of, and this isn't a slight on Joe Girardi. He was a fantastic manager. He won a World Series. He's way better than I'll ever be. Um, I think Girardi kind of looked uh, disengaged, or he looked, or you could really kind of tell what was going on in his mind as he was like leaning on the post or whatever. Yeah. I like that Boone is up in the dugout near the, on, you know, in the hole with the guys watching the game, you know, playing atten- paying attention and bringing the energy up. It, they look loose. They look happy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that everyone's been saying this, that, you know, just because Aaron Boone is younger, you know, will the team also feel younger and have more fun? I, fu- I fucking hope so. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I, I've been following a lot of the news and I've been reading interviews and other articles and stuff like that. So just, just by like reading what the the things that he's been saying about the team and the way he responds and he acts to the media has been very refreshing. And I, I would get increasingly frustrated with some of Girardi's responses over the years. And like, obviously Boone is a new manager, so he's trying to be a little bit more open and different and, uh, show that he's different than Girardi and like the big thing that obviously when they were going through the, the manager search was, you know, communication. And so, so far that all seems really great. Uh, obviously it's only one game and, you know, spring training is sort of really just, it's, it's, it's not, I don't know. It, 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 they, there's not a lot of room for him to, to really have to make a lot of tough calls. It's all, it's all about seeing what the players are going to do and, you know, making sure you know, the people that are recovering from in- injuries have time to, to breathe um so so yeah i mean i'm I'm still really optimistic with him i think he he is a good choice but you know that still remains to be seen you know i'm i know that we're you know i don't i don't know how i feel about aaron boone aaron boone has kind of like he's kind of has like a magical you know mystique about him that he but it's also sad because that's it there's one thing so i'm excited for him to kind of try to have to prove himself to the Yankee fans. Right. I think, I think he's also familiar in uh, with how the new baseball, like you said, how Girardi used to react to the questions and look annoyed and 
look tired and look like this is bullshit, like nobody cares about right. this. Like, no, actually, this is a huge b- billion dollar industry. And all you have to do up there is smile and be engaged for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And and then you can go on your merry way. But they, we pay you a lot of fucking money to give, you know, these sports agencies 24 to 48 hours of content. Yeah. Well, you know? and it's like he came from the analyst side. And so, like, that's what he did. He right. smiled on camera and talked about baseball in a positive way and loved what he did. And now he gets to, you know, get back to the game. And, you know, that's ultimately like there. there's a lot of changes behind the scenes this year. And I'm sure he's really up on all those changes because he was coming from the, the administration side. So, like, you know, I think baseball overall, like, it is a sport that faces a lot of competition with other sports and you know like in the hearts of the american people and so they're trying to make it become something that's more central again and that you know isn't so much of a slog to watch or like you know all the complaints that people are like oh baseball is boring and stuff like that i'm like we know as huge baseball fans that like there's no baseball is super exciting it's super exciting there's nothing else i'd rather watch like sports something i love about baseball is it's the it's a pastime yeah. It's not necessarily it's not it's not like football like and George Carlin is right like there's that whole all those bits are totally correct but ultimately like baseball is not meant to and it, and it kind of is and it's going to be anyway but I don't know if baseball was originally designed or intended to be as critiqued and watched and you know fussed over as it is right. and I think that you know, you could say that about football too, but like, look at the way the football is uh, is uh, played. The way that you know penalties and challenges and things already existed into football for years now. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas a lot of the stuff that has really been successful in football, like the challenge and you know home run, uh, you know verification stuff like that, all this kind of the technology is supporting um, the new you know, uh, content that is created. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that ultimately like fans like us, like I don't, there's a whole bunch of games I don't watch, but of the games I get to watch, I'm fucking enjoying it. And yeah. you know, it's not necessarily about keeping the scorecard as much as it is going to the game or watching the game and getting to participate in some of that sweet, sweet New York Yankees baseball action. Um, okay, I know what I'm going to have for the first thing when we go to get food at Yankee Stadium. Oh, Do you know what you're going to get? I don't know. I saw all those photos of the new food and the... The new food is crazy, it dude. It is crazy, man. Like, <laughs> I, I think the hard thing is, like, we're... The, like, some of the food that's, like, in the judges' chambers looks really fucking delicious, but we're not sitting there, so... Oh, no, but we... Th- but here's, like, the great thing about, like, Yankees that I've been really enjoyed growing up, and we are kind of changing this year... So usually, like, throughout the se- the season, I'll go to, like, maybe, maybe like, you know, between five and, like, ten games, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what we've been kind of been doing for the past year, unlike this year when we have season tickets, is getting kind of day of tickets off StubHub for really, really cheap, you know, under 20 bucks cheap for, you know, grand uh, grandstand seats. And what's really great about that and the new Yankee Stadium is that you don't necessarily have to sit in your seats the whole time. Yeah. You can get up and walk around and get a drink or get food or go to the museum or go to one of the little shopping places or even just go down lower. And there's totally spaces to stand, drink, eat, and, and enjoy the game. 
And that's something that's kind of unique about Yankee Stadium that like is, is really fun. Like you can go there and you don't necessarily have to pay what the guys on the low on the loge pay to go and experience that. Now I have been to a Yankees luxury box and it was what I thought was going to, it was a dream come true for in terms of being able to see the game. But unfortunately, and I hate to throw Steve, uh, cousin under the bus on this one, but, uh, if Steve's even listening, you can yell at me on whatever. Uh, yo, so Steve's cousin is kosher and they catered it with all the kosher food. So none of the amazing, good, you know, breaded chicken wings or pizza <laughs> or, you know, the Philly cheesesteaks made its way to our box. We oh, had like man. some sad, Cal- we had like some sad fake California rolls and kosher hot dogs and everybody was miserable. Wow. But okay. I'm going to get, che- I'm going to get the cheesesteak. Nice. I- That's awesome. What do you get? What do you, there's also the chicken bucket. Chicken bucket is also a great deal. I don't know, man. Uh, there are so many things like there, like the I garlic saw this- fries. That looked really good. I saw this one like milkshake looking thing that looked really good. Like I know they have fucking Johnny Rockets. Well, yeah, but it was like something completely different. And apparently, like a lot of the like you can get like logo stamped onto your beer and onto your burgers and stuff like that too, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know. So like, it's I I don't even know. Like obviously you you went a lot last year. Um, obviously yo, what kind of hat? Are you going to get a new hat this year? I have, I have to get a new hat. I need yeah. I need new gear, um, which I'm really excited about. I don't know what I'm going to get. Oh, um, did you see them Carhartt hats, like the canvas kind of khaki color hats that they're doing 59 no. series this year? No, I did not. Dude, they look awesome. <laughs> I am getting that. That is going to be my new hat this year. Well, it's crazy because sure. like, I don't know the last time I went to Yankee Stadium. I mean, it's been several years because I wasn't living here. And most of the other times that I would come to visit, it would be, you know, for a short, long weekend or something, or it was off season. So it may be back to like 2011 or 2012 or something like that. And like, I've mostly gone, well, the, the, the cool thing actually about the past couple of years with me and Megan is that we've experienced other ballparks so like we yes you have you've gotten to do that that's a cool yeah, goal yeah yeah so we we've seen um san francisco boston um i've been to nats park a ton because we were living right there baltimore um so like i and i fully intend on continuing that trend because i really like the idea of going to visit a, a city and going to their ballpark um but yeah you know i've i've mostly gone to nats park over the past several years and it's been i you know I, I don't know how many games I've been to, but it's, you know, probably close to 10. And so I'm really used to that park, which is also pretty new, um, you know, built around the same, maybe a couple of years uh, before Yankee Stadium. If I, think, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, and they had a lot of really great food, but like, it's totally different. It's DC. And like, yeah, yeah, I, so yeah. I, you know, I don't know. People I, come out and they throw t-shirts at you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, you have like the funny run around the race thing. Yeah. You need to have great content in between innings. I'm talking about the great subway race. I'm talking yeah. about where's the ball under the three card Monty cap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the Lay's smile cam where you win the potato chips. These, this is the kind of content well, I want. Believe it or not, a lot of those same things are happening at Matt's park like i'm sure they're happening at most ballparks but um, uh the great subway race is only happens it only happens in new york and then you know i don't know so i'm really excited um we have 
10, 12 games. I don't know. We'll, 10, we'll 10 games. 10 games. We're going to go a lot. Um, Ticket, the tickets? I, I know I've talked about this already, but, like, the tickets are the nicest Yankee tickets I've ever seen. Ever. Ever. Yeah, like, the physical like, the physical, the physical tickets. T- the physical tickets. Like, so I have – it's kind of cool. I have a lot of Yankee tickets from a lot of years. Mm-hmm. So you can see how the tickets have changed and the way that they, the way that they look and the designs that they had. This year is special. This year is is very yeah. cool. Well, and I, I obviously I imagine that that is because it's a perk of being a season ticket holder. Um, because I'm sure if you bought regular tickets to a one-off game, they're not going to look this way. But, right, but a lot of uh, I will say a lot of older Yankee tickets I remember being cool or like that I liked like were heavy in nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like they had old teams on them or old, uh, you know, old players or, you know, we're banking on things you knew from the Yankees universe. Mm -hmm. This season, it's all the new guys. (laughs) It's all the new guys. And it's so they're going in a new direction. It's, it's, it's cool, man. The circle of life is strong with this one. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we have, um, actually shorter amount of time than, uh, to infinity war. We're, we're going April 17th. April 17th, yes, we are. We have tickets. So it's amazing. It's fucking ridiculously awesome. I can't wait. Um, all right. Uh, so we're going to go see a movie next week. Yes. Ready Player One. Yep. Um, and uh, I think we're probably going to talk about it, right? I think so. I, especially since we're going together. I, I definitely. In- have you read the book? You know, like, dodgy question i started the book a whole bunch of times mm-hmm. i have never really finished it mm-hmm. and mikey has my copy and i really really like to have read it and i know that there's really good stuff in it i've watched the spark notes on it so i do know what the story is okay i have not read it nor do i really know the full breadth of the story other than like what i've seen in trailers and maybe a little bit conversation because megan has read it um I just want to say one thing before we go into this. Like, I'm not not, like, I don't get why people are pre hating on this movie. People are really pre hating on this movie pretty hard. I don't know if it's uh, because it's uh, Warner Brothers or because they're just like, you know, pissed at Spielberg for making all these boring movies for so long. But like, I think we kind of have to give this movie a chance. It hasn't come out yet. Like, everyone has has been saying this movie, has been talking shit about this movie. Well, I mean, Technically, there are, you know, there were screenings last night and there are screenings tonight. And obviously the press has seen it and the press is kind of in the middle. They're in the middle. Of it. You know, I don't think that. <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 I truly want to wait until I see it. You know, I'm not going to reserve. Like, I'm not going to make an opinion on it before I actually see the movie. And like. I trust Steven Spielberg. He's done so many amazing films over the course of, and this is supposed to be a great source material. So like, and I love that people were hating on the marketing for this movie. I love the marketing for this movie. Yeah. It was, it's fucking awesome. Do you, I was driving in LA as they were putting up the, the new posters. And I was like, dude, this is the coolest fucking shit ever. If I was in high school, this would be all over everything I had. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> Really, like it just looks awesome. Uh, so I don't know. I know that we listen. We're not gonna as again as we say all the time. We're not reviewing these movies. We discuss. We're gonna discuss them. Mm-hmm. So we're spoil the crap out of them. But like, we're not gonna tell you whether or not 
you know, it's it is an it is an objectively good movie or not? Because that's a fucking stupid question. Yeah, and like as we've done already, we've we've talked about movies that we've loved. We've talked about movies that we've hated. We've talked about movies that we're kind of in the middle about. But we're never gonna say like, oh, don't go. Like, I don't think anything we've seen or talked about. We we we're not trying to you know deter anybody. We're not trying to put a score on right. it. We're not trying to rank things. Like, we just. We want to, you know, they're, they're every, every, every movie is a piece of art and people can get different things out of them. And that's, you know, obviously, obviously they also want to make a lot of money. And so <laughs> back in the day when we used to go see movies every weekend, you know, in, in college times, like we would have like a conversation, like in the back of a car someplace, <laughs> you know, yeah. about what we thought about that movie. And, you know, I think that that's definitely, you know, something fun that we're trying to carry on. And in that remark, I'm going to give my uh, 70-second review of Annihilation. Okay. Okay. So if you haven't seen Annihilation yet, I highly recommend it. I think it's a really fun little science fiction film. Um, I think it kind of fits in the same place as uh, some of the other great, you know, uh, science fiction you know movies that like, kind of like a children of men kind of a feeling. I think it really was very good. Mm. Um, I enjoyed the uh, style of the film and I did enjoy uh, kind of the plot when it ended up picking up and getting started. Uh, it does leave people with questions. Like I had to watch a few uh, explainer videos on YouTube to actually understand how the ending worked. But Ultimately, like when I walked out, me and Danny both were like, this was a really great movie. It really showed us something that we never thought or, you know, understood before and that it was done in a way that's very different. So definitely recommend that. Awesome. Uh, I don't know how close it is to the book, uh, but if you go in with the idea that this is a, a story about self-destruction and it's about how we all kind of self-destruct and then ultimately annihilate ourselves... I think you'll look at it in a different view than if you're thinking like, are we going extinct? Is this about Independence Day? What's going on here? Like, forget about, forget all that. Like, think about, think about yourself and Got like, it. It, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was one that I wasn't really tracking for a while. I wasn't really, I don't think I'd seen a trailer for it until it was really, really close to release. And <laughs> she's so good. I mean, but she is great and I love sci-fi. So like, you know, it's something that I would, I would like to see. I just don't know if I'm going to get the chance to in theaters. Um, we have a friend who didn't like the movie as much as I did, who, who thinks that, you know, it didn't really connect and the visuals aren't as stunning as they would have been. Now he has a, tr a tremendous point. Like, I don't know if the visuals delivered upon what I imagined it, this movie was going to look like. But if you take them for what they were as the plot develops further on, it's really kind of cool. And I think you have to be able to like accept what the movie is giving you and not necessarily what your expectations were on the movie, says the guy who th thinks Silver Surfer is showing up in Infinity War. <laughs> like, so, you know, it, uh, you got to go back and forth on these kind of yeah. things. Now, did you um, – segue – did you end up seeing Pacific Rim 2? Oh shit! No, I would be. You want to go tonight? I'm down. Uh, <laughs> well, I still haven't seen the first one, so Pacific Rim Two is not even going to be in. The, it's not even in the good theater right now. Wow, it's ready play already. It didn't even get to have a week. That was really the defining thing for Pacific Rim. If you don't see Pacific Rim on the biggest screen you could possibly find, you're just wasting time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I heard it wasn't very good. The first Pacific Rim is pretty cool. 
But again, me and Danny saw it on the big screen where it our minds like. Right. Well, and it's like I feel bad for like John Boyega. You know, he's he's obviously awesome in Star Wars and he, a number of other films. And like he's making an action star of himself. And, you know, I want him to be successful. It's just kind of a bummer because he's all over the marketing for this. Like that's like. Yeah, but that's not it's not necessarily his fault that the movie is bad. Like it, no. Pacific Rim is not. Pacific Rim is not in and of itself a great movie. It really isn't. Like it's it's really visually astounding if you can see it in the scale it was designed to be seen in. Otherwise, it's just another movie. Sure. And it's not a very complex movie at that. So like to do the second one, you already know what the deal is. You kind of already know what you're going to see, you know, the uh, and if the plot didn't deliver, then that's why the movie is bad. <laughs> you yeah, know, that makes sense. You know, and and it, and John Boyega will do other great things. Yeah. You know, it's like Easy Ridley in Murder on the Orient Express. You get these ideas that I'm sure come out to you as an actor. You know, when you're out there and you're like, oh my god, like fuck yeah, I want to be in Pacific Rim too, or fuck yeah, I want to be in a remake of this classic yeah, horror movie. I don't want to be known for just this one role. Like I gotta branch out. You know, even though I'm part of this big franchise, like. And I get that totally, but you know, it, it comes with risk and you have to be kind of choosy about the films you appear in. Like when it, like Oscar Isaac was a bad guy. Could Oscar Isaac ever be a superhero? Mm, no. Cause he doesn't have to be cause he was a bad guy. <laughs> like, yeah. he, you know, like he, that's kind of the cool thing that he did. Like, and I think people like undervalue that, that, you know, Oscar Isaac, you know, he's not a superhero. No, but, you know, he was a villain and he was a pretty decent villain. And like, you know, he can move on and do other stuff. Yeah. You know, John Boyega could be a bad guy in a movie or Daisy Ridley could be a bad guy in a movie easily. Yeah. Easily. You know, and easily. And it would be really good. So, you know, I don't know what they're what why they do these kind of middling movies. It kind of reminds you of, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher a little bit. But, you know, it's not necessarily that, you know. It, it takes some time too. It's also probably, you know, a big strain on your time commitment. Like how much time do you really have to do other kind of movies? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I got nothing else. Like I, you know, I think that there's a whole bunch of good stuff coming out. Like we got ready player one coming out. We have infinity war coming out in, uh, in a few days. It'll be less than a month. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm seeing Isle of dogs tomorrow. Um, why are people people are pissed at wes anderson and calling him racist oh man i heard that it's amazing (laughs) everyone i talk to all the hipsters are loving this movie huh interesting but also the the uh wokeness wokeness is saying that you know this movie is racist against the japanese people and that you know all the dogs speak in english but the all the japanese speak in untranslated japanese and you can't see what they're saying Hmm. So uh, yeah, maybe it's a little bit racist over there, but we well, have to see the movie first. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like it's like I thought that in the trailer, that's pretty interesting. That it's like, oh well, you know, the the characters we're following are the dogs, so we should understand the dogs. And you know, whereas like it's kind of a reverse of like, oh, if we saw the the humans and understood what the humans were saying, we wouldn't understand what the dogs were saying. I thought it was a clever way of like. You know, instead of it, it just making me because like we're in on the side of the dogs and they can't understand what the humans are saying. So like that, I don't know. It seems I'm going to me gonna try to end on a bit. I'm going to try to end on a bit here. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, like, do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
Do you think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a really funny show? I do. Okay. Did anybody have to convince you to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine because of how woke it is? No. I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine since the beginning because it was a comedy. It had Andy Samberg and Terry Crews. And I was like, oh, this looks funny. And I watched the first episode and I kept watching it because every episode is hilarious and we laugh out loud. And now we live in Brooklyn and it's even funnier. Well, nobody showed you a fucking chart to try to explain to you why you should watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No. And I know that this person didn't show it to me. She just posted it. But, like, ultimately, like, it made me not want to watch the show. It also made me hate the show, mostly. And it was just, like, saying (laughs) – it really really did because it was, like – you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a show where, you know, all the, you know, main characters are women. And uh, of all the male roles, you know, the guy who's typically to be an alpha male is always uh, subjectified and made to look stupid. And then his, all his plans blow up in his face. You see a really uncharacteristic gay person. Like, yeah, you dude, know, I think I actually saw that. I saw that, too. Um, that, yo, this pissed me off. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I get that it's a funny show. I really do. It's I've seen episodes on planes. Or, like, I'll catch it in a hotel room. But, like, it I, literally the exact opposite way to market a TV show to me is to tell me how woke it is. Because I think that wokeness is kind of killing what used to be really great about free speech liberalism. And that you could fucking say and do a little bit crazy shit sometimes. And people didn't assassinate your character for doing that. Right. <laughs> you know? So... I just, like, look at this Laura Ingram chick. Like, what she did today. Like, she... Uh, on her show last night was fucking downplaying this guy, David Hogg, right? The, the survivor at Parkland. Mm-hmm. Now people are calling for a boycott of her show from the advertisers and people are fucking jumping off the shit. And it, like, it sh- we have to pick places where this ends, people. We have to like fucking commit <laughs> to, to like, you know, some kind of something somewhere because I don't think losing comedy or like that joyless people like are, you know, having a good time. You know, if you look at, you know, people who are said to be very free, they're usually not laughing because they're not supposed to be. And I don't want to end up in that place. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that that's like, please people like we have to stop, you know, self congratulating ourselves because of the TV we watch. Like that is just, that's just fucking wrong. Yeah, I mean, and you know, humor is such an important thing about life. You know, you need to see the lightness in everything and be able to laugh at yourselves or laugh at situations. And like, like you're right. I mean, not everything needs to be so politically correct that you know it's so sterile that you can't even. I don't know. It, it, it yeah. There, there needs to be a line. I agree. And we got. We just, we just have to be able to. Like, I'm not saying that. Listen, I'm not saying that, you know, you know, we can't be politically correct or that wokeness isn't important. Like, it's very important. We're all trying to be more woke all the time forever now. But ultimately, like, it, it just it's not a great way to pitch me comedy shows. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I would rather you do use your wokeness for anything else. Yeah. A drama. Literally. <laughs> and it, literally yes. And anything else. You know, tell me how bad of a person I am again because I haven't watched The Wire. Tell me again. I don't care. That sounds great. But, like, ultimately, like, this is so, this is just ridiculous. I just hate it. And I'm so glad that we have a nice platform like this where we mark it as explicit and Apple can't do anything to us. Yes.
So, ladies and gentlemen, that is a solid, tight hour of hilarious comedy and <laughs> uh, fantastic news updates from your boys here at the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Listen, it has been uh, tremendously good to be back with you, Frank. I hope you are well. Um, I know we want to talk about Ready Player One. Hopefully we can do that soon. Yep. I'm so down. Excited to see you next week. And yes. uh, we're, we're going to have more more. T- I mean, I don't want to get too deep into speculation on Infinity War because it's already getting pretty close. Um, but I'm super hyped. I'm going to continue my little MCU marathon over here. Yeah, man. I have the Incredible Hulk Blu-ray that I got tonight with doc- with DVD commentary with uh, Louis Latre- uh, Latre- and or Dennis, whatever his name is. And who is the bad guy? Er- uh, Eric Roth or Evan oh, Roth? Uh, Tim Roth. Tim Roth, yes. I want to hear what they have to say behind the scenes of this movie. That's an interesting film. So, <laughs> fun. You know, you know what it is, though? It- you can't make a Hulk standalone movie. That's the thing. Like I, you yeah. just, it's just sad. It's hard to do. All right, any, uh, Frank. Anything else? No, man. I think that's it. Um, excited to be back. And uh, yeah, I we, we've got a lot more to come this year. I'm really excited. It's gonna be great. Can't wait for baseball. <laughs> can't wait for baseball. All right, folks. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed your time here with us. Uh, as always, uh, you can catch us on our website, www. or www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle LLH Podcast. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon about Ready Player One. Now I gotta watch Back to the Future. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I I need those on Blu ray like yesterday. Oh, yeah, man. All right. Mm. Take care, everybody. Love you. Love you.